Welcome to the second episode of our podcast named The Most Important Issues in Business Crime, where we will ask leading business crime lawyers at our firm, Linklaters, to tell us what the most important topics are that you need to know about in particular jurisdictions. The object is to briefly identify the most important issues, not to catalog every potential one. Today, I'm very excited that we will be focusing on EU business crime, and our experts will tell you what they think are the most important issues you need to know about at an EU level. I'm so excited to be joined by two of my expert colleagues, Dr. Kirsten Wilhelm in Germany and Eleanor Henezo in France. They're highly experienced business crime practitioners in their respective jurisdictions, Germany and France, who help clients navigate the issues, avoid problems or prosecution, including in particular cross-border matters involving more than one jurisdiction. If you want to find out more about them, please check out their bios on our website. Kirsten, you're first up. I know there have been many, many very interesting developments in the EU involving business crime, and that finding the most important one is not easy. But that's my question. Can you please tell us what you see as the most important business crime issue in the EU today? Thanks, Doug. Well, for rather obvious reasons, our clients have been very much focused on sanctions for the past three months. And as the war in Ukraine has developed, so has the package of sanctions on Russian and Belarusian entities and individuals, which were imposed by governments around the world, including, of course, the EU. And I think it is rather needless to say that particularly businesses with international operations, they must stay on top of the legal situation across jurisdictions. And here comes the tricky point. The fact that the situation is constantly changing and that not all sanctions regimes are moving in parallel, that does not make life easier, bearing in mind that adherence to sanctions is critical. Within the EU, it has always been up to the individual member states to cater for rules in case of sanctions breaches. And in many member states, there is criminal prosecution involved. And this includes Germany, where for certain types of offenses, the individual perpetrator can be held criminally liable, whereas the company which benefits from the offense can face significant monetary fines, including disgorgement of profits. However, the reality is that the penalty systems, they differ substantially across the member states, so that strengthening the enforcement across the member states is currently high on the agenda of the EU. So I would say that it does not surprise at all that at the end of May, the European Commission proposed to add the violation of EU restrictive measures to the list of EU crimes. This would then eventually allow for a directive which would define the scope and the penalties of breaches of EU sanctions. And once there is a common standard, it would be easier to investigate, to prosecute and to punish violations of sanctions throughout the member states. But I think already today one should say that sanctions violations, they are not trivial offenses and the EU is keen to ensure sanctions compliance within the European Union. And this is why the European Commission introduced already in March this year a so-called EU sanctions whistleblowing tool, which encourages basically anyone who is aware of possible sanctions violations to bring these to the attention of the Commission and so to facilitate the investigation. Again, that's another strong signal for companies that sanctions compliance is crucial. And one further important aspect to note, 
This does not only apply to companies which are incorporated in the EU. The scope of applicability of EU sanctions is very broad and generally speaking, EU sanctions apply to any EU national and any EU incorporated company, but will also apply to foreign companies if they carry out business wholly or in part within the Union. But not only the broad scope poses challenges for companies. So let's hear now from Eleanor what she observes in France. Thank you, Kerstin and Doug. I'm really happy to be joining you both today. While sanctions is also a very hot topic in France, as you both know already, our clients are facing multiple questions, which come with high stakes for them for at least three reasons. First one is that in France, both individuals and corporates face criminal liability for any type of breach of EU sanctions. Second reason is that the EU provisions are very much open to interpretation. And the third reason is that most factual questions that are being raised by our clients, especially our international clients, are unresolved by the EU and the French guidelines. And we do not have precedence from French criminal courts either. So the big question has then been for us, uh, in a very uncertain world where criminal law is involved, although the law itself isn't clear, how do we provide as much legal certainty and business-oriented advice as we want to our clients? Well, we've been doing this at Linkators because we are able to rely on experts everywhere in the EU with whom we constantly discuss over the EU provisions. This discussion brings much added value. I will give you, Doug, the example of Kirsten and I recently discovering that the German translation of one EU provision had a very different meaning than the French translation. It is fantastic to be able to share know-how across EU jurisdictions and our clients obviously benefit from us operating as one team. And for me personally, I find it incredible to see how the war has made us business crime lawyers even more European than we already were in just a few months. Wow, thanks Eleanor. It is really interesting to see the similarities and differences between the two EU jurisdictions, which although they share a common EU provision or EU guidelines on sanctions, you have to deal with different translations of the provisions. Um, something that's new to me uh, in my practice in the US over here. And you have different guidelines from your, your national authorities and different specific consequences at a national level. I'm interested if there's any other common topics that you are currently both working on. Absolutely. So the, the EU member states are currently sharing one ambition, which is to impose on large corporates strict obligations with respect to human rights and environment. So the EU Commission issued a draft bill earlier this year, uh, which is extremely important because the EU Commission wants to oblige large corporates to prevent and bring to an end their adverse impacts on human rights and environments. The EU Commission is also considering imposing a standalone climate change obligation on largest companies, which would include limiting global warming in line with the Paris Agreement. If this bill goes through, approximately 20,000 companies would be concerned, and it would definitely be a legal earthquake. Because what is currently soft law or just spontaneous undertakings for most companies would become legally binding and enforced by authorities. So you can understand that we're very much watching this in France. And also in particular, because the draft bill is inspired by the French duty of vigilance law, which was enacted five years ago, but would go a lot beyond. Because in short, in the EU draft, a larger extent of companies would be concerned. National regulators would also be able, if the bill goes through, 
to investigate compliance, issue compliance orders, and impose sanctions, which is not the case for now in France. I would be really interested, in fact, to know, Kerstin, how your market is responding to this, and if you have already any legislation of the likes in Germany. Thanks, Eleanor. Well, ESG is certainly a hot topic in Germany and is on front of mind of boards. And one key aim of the draft directive on corporate sustainability due diligence that you have been referring to is responsible corporate behavior throughout global value chains. And this is something that the German legislator has already addressed because last year a so-called supply chain due diligence act was adopted and this act requires companies that fall under the act to observe human and environmental rights along their entire supply chain and companies that have more than 3000 employees they will have to comply with the new obligations as of 2023 which means that there is in fact not much time left for companies to get ready and to make sure that their compliance management systems meet the standards of the new act from day one on and in particular if they have numerous complex supply chains and the developments at the EU level might make things even more complex and challenging, although it does not seem likely that the directive will be adopted before 2023, and also bearing in mind that the member states will then have two years to transpose the directive into their national law. Perhaps one last point worth mentioning, the draft directive does not only target EU companies, also non-EU companies, which are active in the EU and which generate revenue within the EU that exceeds certain thresholds shall be in scope of the directive. So globally acting companies should watch out for new developments here. Well, Kirsten and Eleanor, that was really interesting. I really appreciate hearing about these issues in the EU and thinking about really what are the similarities and the differences. And I think we'll pick up, maybe invite you back to do another episode in a couple months. And uh, thank you again. And if you're listening, please do join us again uh, for our next episode on the most important issues in business crime.